0: Hello, my name is David Tan and you're listening to Like the Color. In this podcast, we dive into what makes creatives of all kinds do what they do and how they got so dang good at it. On today's podcast, we have guest Lauren Hyun, a marketing, social media, and photography guru.
1: My name is Lauren and I'm 21, currently a student of Georgetown University with a marketing major and a French minor. Um, I do content creation for Instagram and now TikTok and um, I've been doing professional photography for quite a few years now. So yeah, that's a little spiel on me.
0: Cool. So TikTok's pretty new. How do you... Well, pretty new meaning like two, three years. How do you feel about that social media and creating content for it?
1: So honestly, I think uh, like most people, I started TikTok as a joke. Mm -hmm. So I really didn't take it seriously and I just wanted to see like what the hype was about. So I made an account, but um, one of my videos happened to go pretty viral or take off. So uh, from then on, I was like, hey, maybe like I can make content for tiktok so that was in february of this year and then um now i have close to 25k
0: but and how did you know that you wanted to do marketing and uh content creation
1: uh marketing i actually went to georgetown on a premise that i would work with government agencies uh and wanted to work with like CIA or like FBI, stuff like that. But I quickly realized that lifestyle is definitely not for me and that I wasn't willing to give up my creative side. So, all the stuff that I did in high school and um, all the photography and things that I was doing in university. So, I uh, realized that market, I really enjoyed my marketing classes and I did participate in marketing competitions in high school as well. So, um, that kind of pushed me very much towards the marketing
0: major cool i see on your instagram and uh other social media that like you do a lot of collaborations behind and in front of the camera can we talk about how you uh find people to work with i know that's uh kind of hard do you dm them how do you get in contact with other creators yeah
1: so some people i meet at events for influencers or uh, a lot of people i do meet on instagram and they either reach out to me to um be a model or to be a photographer so i work on both ends of the camera so um a lot of it is through dm some of it's through email and um, some of it is just through mutuals So um, i think in the creative industry and the creative network is really important so Uh, If you know someone, they'll probably know someone that you want to meet or, like, friend of a friend, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So,
0: yeah. Cool. Yeah, how do you figure out, like, when a creative comes into your world, how do you figure out that, oh, they are someone I want to work with? Do you work with them right off the bat and see uh, how that plays out? Or, like, how do you find a healthy creator to bring into your uh workflow
1: so i definitely don't just go out there and just test i think it's also due to like me being a woman and Mm -hmm. safety issues as well um because i know there's a lot of sketch photographers out there that women definitely don't want to be working with Mm -hmm. so um if there's someone new that i haven't heard of i definitely check out their work and see if the quality of the work um is something that i'd be interested in So, um, whether that be their concepts or, uh, their photography style or how they edit the photos and things like that. So, um, I make sure that initially, and if I'm still kind of iffy about it and want an extra background, background check, quote unquote, then I ask, um, mutuals or if someone has worked with them previously, I'm like, Hey, I see that you've worked with this person. How is your experience? Just to be on the safe side, you know. Uh, I think safety is a priority, especially in the creative community. So, yeah. yeah, just making sure that everyone knows what I'm doing, where I'm going, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Have you heard of uh, shit model management on, like, Twitter and Instagram? I have not. So, they're actually, like, a blacklist for for models and photographers and makeup oh, artists true. are on there. Mm-hmm. I guess not really models, but... I'm sure if they uh, have reason to suspect, like, iffy activity within the modeling occupation. But mostly it's for, like, the safety of models to be like, oh, these are people that have a reputation of doing these things. Yeah, so if you want to check that out, I know I haven't brought it up because obviously I'm, like, behind the camera. There's Mm -hmm. nothing, like... I'm really fearful, but obviously, as a male, like, taking pictures, I have certain rules that I want to follow, like, obviously, like, don't touch, don't, like, approach, like, too close. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Don't take pictures when it's not, when it's not, like, ready, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I've heard stories about, like, the, the model changing, and then the photographer would, like, take pictures while they're changing. that's a little suspect uh do you have any like red flags for uh people that are going out and collaborating and then they see certain things maybe it's in their work maybe it's in uh just how people talk and uh Mm -hmm. yeah do you have any red flags that people should be aware of trying to make the their experience safer Mm
1: -hmm. um so i think the initial contact is important so how they message you, how they reach out. If you feel that you're kind of suspicious, I would definitely follow your gut feeling because you have gut feelings for a reason. If they're making you pay as, as a model, if they make you pay for their work, that doesn't really make sense because you both are exchanging your time and talent. So for me, if I had reached out to a model and asked to work together, then I would. It 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 also depends on the situation again. If they're a signed model with an agency and they've done paid work before, versus just trying to build up their pro- portfolio. Um, if the photographer is reaching out to the model, you would probably want to ask their rates and see what you can do with that. And um, but just being respectful about their rates and. Uh, knowing that it's something justified. So, um, but if a model reaches out to a photographer, it'll be it'll be the same thing. So, you kind of have to have like a basic ground where am I doing this for exchange? So the f- photographer also gets work in his portfolio, and the model also gets um, work in his or her portfolio. Then I think it's equal exchange. But yeah, it's it's kind of like a case-by-case
0: basis. Yeah. Um, I definitely think with that, knowing what the project is, you know, like you were saying, if a model goes up to a photographer and the project's like building up their portfolio, but mm -hmm. the photographer doesn't really have any creative involvement and it's more for the model, Mm -hmm. I definitely think the rates go to the model Uh, Mm -hmm. with some of those cases. Obviously, there are some photographers that are like, yeah, sure, whatever. I also think it's up to the photographer to be like, I want, I want to get paid for this, and this is my worth. Mm-hmm. And this is my time. Or it's, yeah, this is my time, it's going to help me as well, you know?
1: Yeah, like, there's definitely uh, like a mutual benefit aspect to it. That needs yeah. to be taken into consideration.
0: And then same thing with a photographer approaching a model. Like, uh, if the model is already established and like, they're literally getting paid for uh being in front of the camera you're paying for that experience and yeah those months years of experience but uh, in front of a camera and <laughs> that should be quantified so in this podcast i've had so many questions and i found a lot of insight through listening to audiobooks listening to audiobooks while doing chores around the house working out or just going for a walk has been such a great way to intake information. I listen to my audiobooks on Audible. You can help support this podcast and start your free 30-day trial on Audible by going to audibletrial.com slash like the color. That's audibletrial.com slash like the color. There's also a link in the show notes. So how did you like start, I guess... We'll talk about your photography journey as well as your modeling and any other collaborations. How did you start? Did that start in high school or college? How did that journey look?
1: Yeah, so it started in officially in high school. My cousin was really into landscape photography, um, so I kind of started with landscape. And then he needed a model to practice his portraits, so I offered to do modeling and I have always kind of been into Instagram and making things aesthetic and stuff. So, uh, it was kind of a smooth transition, I think into, um, quote unquote modeling. I'm not assigned model or anything. I just, I do models. I do modeling for fun and with other creatives. Um, so that's kind of how I started into modeling as for photography. Uh, I had, I got my first camera when I was 16 and then just kept working on, I mean, I dabbled in landscape, but I didn't find that as much fun as working with actual people. So um, from sophomore to senior year of high school, I worked with like fellow students or peers. And when I got to college, I tried to find creative people on campus, which was really difficult because Georgetown is not a creative campus at all. So um, it was really hard finding people to work with, and, but eventually I did find a little group of creatives at my, on my campus that who are now close friends. So that's how I kind of started.
0: Cool. Uh, so the difference between like landscape and portrait. Uh, mm-hmm. What was the main pivot point? Was it like just people? Like obviously with landscape. You don't need people there, it's more mm-hmm. uh you and nature. Uh do you think you and people like the people make the difference in terms of why you like that more?
1: For sure. Yes. I mean I've always loved like high and like high fashion magazines and stuff like that. So I I think that like needing people is definitely a big aspect to it because I'm definitely a, uh, a people person so I love meeting new people I love hearing their stories and I especially love like people who are like I'm not photogenic and I uh, that well yes like a model is there to pose and things it's a photographer's job to make them look beautiful because you can have the most beautiful model on the planet and if the photographer doesn't do their job correctly like they'll still not turn yeah. out well. So I mean, think there's an equal responsibility to the photographer to be able to know like how to pose them, how to find their good angles and um, like capture their essence. So I find that really interesting, more so than staring at a mountain and, you know, cooking a shark. Like I know there's so much more to landscape and I truly respect when like it's done very well. But um again i really find that social interaction important and very fun
0: yeah uh i used to do landscape like predominantly landscape Mm -hmm. uh i don't really have any of that online anymore but when i did i think what drew me to that was like the experiences that were tied with it Mm -hmm. like one was on a I guess 16 mile backpacking trip wow and like looking back at the pictures i think like wow i did all of this to like take a few pictures and (laughs) like with people that experience of connecting uh with new people and interacting and collaborating i think makes that picture special Mm -hmm. aside from obviously like the composition the like technical aspect
1: yeah for sure
0: looking at certain pictures because of how they were made, mm-hmm. for me at least, makes it feel important and special. Cool. What experiences, uh, I guess, in content creation and modeling and photography do you think have shaped how you work today? Like, are there any like amazing moments that you want to re- recreate or tough days that you just say... I never want to go through that again and Mm -hmm. I'm going to set these parameters up. So it never happens again.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'll go from bad to good. So so it's like a positive ending. I guess one of my worst experiences was when a client, well, first of all, she turned up late. She didn't tell me she was bringing a friend and then she wanted extra shots with her products. Um, mm-hmm. That I wasn't aware of, so like there's an extra person there, like critiquing me from the background when they're not a photographer themselves, which is very annoying and irritating. And then there, again, like there's like extra work that I wasn't notified of prior. Yeah. And then uh, when I deliver the photos, she complains about the photos and saying that there's not enough and she just like goes off on me saying like my delivery is not right, whatever. Uh, so that was definitely one of my worst experiences as a photographer. Yeah. Don't bring people to the photo shoot unless you notify the photographer beforehand. Yeah. Um, don't bring props and such unless you discuss it with a photographer beforehand. So I think mm-hmm. it's not just the fact that she brought the props up. It's important that the photographer has a concept in their mind. prior to the photo shoot and so if other things are added into the photo shoot um, then it kind of changes the whole creative thinking and creative process and like the poses that you want to do and like what you want to incorporate into the photo shoot and the vibe in general so Mm -hmm. knowing all of that may seem very like trivial to a client but Mm -hmm. we ask detailed questions in order to make the best product possible so,
0: uh, yeah. On, I
1: think that's
0: important. Yeah. On that point, we'll get to your good story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, one thing that happened to me, I was doing test shoots in New York and, uh, with a modeling agency and they said, oh yeah, mom's going to be there. She's under 18. I'm like, cool, cool. Obviously that's great. Cause like safety first and all that. Um, yeah, but for sure. when I got to the shoot, like the whole family was there, it was the mom, the dad and two siblings and the model and mm-hmm. I was like thrown back and I yeah. was like, that's a lot of people. They were great. They were amazing. <laughs> Invited me to lunch, but I had another shoot and I was like, this is like really nice. Mm-hmm. But obviously if they're like you were describing like critiquing your pictures, critiquing like how you work, your workflow. yeah, that could it, that definitely could have been worse if like any of the siblings or the father or the even the mom uh had their opinions on how i worked mm-hmm. with it like uh how to make a better picture how to have better lighting yeah no but, one yeah wants, also uh,
1: it's like no one sees the after like post-processing mm-hmm. so yeah. i'm like it looks like this in the camera right now, but when I edit and when I put it through Photoshop and Lightroom, it's gonna be a completely different thing. So I honestly think like taking the photo itself is like 40% of the work and then the post processing is 60%. Yeah. So it like, it frustrates me when people are like, oh, this is, this doesn't look right. Or like, this doesn't uh, feel right. I'm like, yes, I understand but you don't see like inside of my mind and like my final product that I want. So just like, trust the process, trust the photographer. If you liked their work before on their Instagram, like portfolio or whatever, just trust that your product is going to become as equally as high quality as what's on their portfolio already.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It was just like irritating because the friend like kept like saying like, oh, you should take it from this angle. You should take it from that angle. I'm like, mm-hmm. you, you're you paying me to do my job. Just yeah. let me do my job.
0: No one asked for uh, an assistant, like a photo assistant. Yeah, I was
1: like, okay, just...
0: <laughs> yeah. So to end on a good note, yes. what was a good experience that hopefully you'll keep on recreating?
1: Yes. Yeah. So last summer, I went to Los Angeles um, just on a trip by myself because my family lives there, so I can stay there for extended periods of time. But um, I ended up meeting a photographer, um, and like we went to events and things. I met other influencers and people from that event, and then it just kind of went full circle. And then I ended up working with Francis Lola. So I don't know if you know Frances Lola, but she's a pretty big Asian influencer on Instagram. So that was an amazing experience. Uh, she had one of her friends who was a hairstylist come in and do her like retro hair looks. And we rented out a studio from Urban Jungle Studio. Uh, so like we had everything set up. It was beautiful. I loved the products. It was really cool working with like a big influencer. and. So hopefully I get to recreate those experiences more.
0: Mm -hmm. What do you think, aside from her platform, what do you think Mm -hmm. was different about the shoot?
1: Oh, she's definitely experienced. I didn't even need to do like, I hardly did anything with posing or anything. She just Mm -hmm. put on the outfit and then knew her angles, her poses right away. So that was very fun. It's always nice to have, like, an experienced person uh, behind, in front of the camera. And she was very professional, so I loved working with her. And also, she's just a very chill, down-to-earth, very sweet person. So very easy to work with. And she was also open to ideas that I had. So um, it was a great, I think, equal collaboration on our part. And, yeah, and then whenever I go back to L.A., like, we have fun too
0: work together again so cool uh so how would people be able to find out more about you uh the work you do and check out some of the cool pictures that you've taken and that uh you're in
1: uh so i have my instagram page so i have a personal profile which is laurenjih and also my um H-Y-U-N-N-L-A-U-R, and I also have a website, so it's all linked in my portfolio, my primary, I guess, see my work.
0: If you'd like to check out more of her work, there are links in the show notes. Thank you so much to Brenton Wainscott and the band Jaden for providing this episode's music. You can find links to their work in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining today's episode. My name is David Tan, and that's like the color.